more to be wild. Hello and welcome back everybody to Born to be Wild and our United in Stormwind card review show from a wild perspective. Uh, we have recorded so long that uh, we lost Hydra. He had to leave to do family stuff. So uh, Sheep and I will handle the rest of the set from here on out. So we still have Rogue Shaman, Warlock, Warrior, and Neutral. Uh, we will do our best to... Uh, <laughs> To, to do these before the day is through. Uh, and eventually we will unearth Hydra from the basement underneath Stormwind. Right. <laughs> okay, well, let's get started. Yeah, so we're starting out in Rogue with Lone Shark. Lone Shark is a three-mana, three-four beast. With Battle Cry, give your opponent a coin. And Death Rattle, you get two. So uh, the flavor of Lone Shark is on point. It's a shark. It gives your opponent a loan, a coin. Unfortunately, it doesn't then take mana or coins from them. It, you just get coins. Um, so it's, you know, three mana, three fours, decent, decent tempo, but you give your opponent a coin. So it enables them to kind of get ahead. And then the death rattle is you get to, it just seems like you're giving your opponent an advantage. And then eventually you get a little bit of a better advantage, but it kind of doesn't seem like it's worth it to me, truthfully. Um, particularly in Wild, like that's just in a vacuum. In Wild, we want to be doing Kingsbane things. We want to be doing uh, Odd Rogue things. This is odd, but I'd rather be dropping a Hinch Clan Thug or buffing my, my weapon or drawing all of the cards. So... Love the flavor, but the impact just isn't really there. Yeah. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the big downside to this is like, I don't like giving my opponent stuff. And it's like, hey, if you both get it at the same time, uh, okay, because then I can use it. But what invariably happens is like, I play this and then my opponent's going to silence it or send it back to my hand or, you know, I'd rather do just about anything in rogue than play this and i feel bad because the card itself is cool the art is cool the idea you know the theme and all that is cool but i don't like the card so i i, I tend to score it pretty low it's cute though yeah so as for the rating i'm gonna give it a one i think it would be a lot better if it then took something away from them rather than just you know because that's how loans work but <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, you, you you get one and you pay two. That's how it should work, right? <laughs> how do you rate Loan Shark, Nate? I rated a one. Zero surprises there. Yeah. That brings us into the first SI7 card. So uh, SI7 Operative. SI7 Operative is a, a three mana, two, four minion with Rush. After this attacks a minion, gain stealth. So you can immediately attack, so you can immediately get stealth, but you've only got two attack and four health with three mana. It's impactful, and then you can hide it to then make your own value trades, but let's be real, it's probably going to die with the initial attack, and if it doesn't, then it's not super impactful. I I like the flavor, I like that, you know, kind of like all ninja-y, like agents and and stuff like that um we may end up running this if we're running an si7 deck 
but if we can cut any of the SI7 cards and still have an SI7 deck, this is probably the one that we cut. Uh, what do you think, Nate? Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to me to see new archetypes, and I feel like SI7 is a new archetype in standard. And they're really, it's not like we go to wild and there's a bunch of SI7 cards to build a wild version of the deck. Like the only other card we have is SI7 Agent, and I think and that's. Infiltrator. Destroy a random enemy secret. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, eh. Not, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think that that is good enough to make a wild version of this deck. The theme of it is super fun, and honestly, I think it's probably not bad in standard. It's probably pretty good in standard. Um, mm. You know, looking at all the various like SI seven cards, but in in wild, like you, you know, you got to be fast, you got to be aggressive, you got to be doing the things. And like the strong decks, you're going to be your Kingsbane and your Odd Rogue. And potentially there's there's some Death Rattle stuff that we might get into. Yeah. But this SI7, like, hey, it's super cool. Not going to be good in Wild. So that's that's my kind of hot take on the next like five cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. There may be enough there to, you know, cram Maybe. into some, another shell. But if we're doing that, I don't think that we're running SI7 operative if we can afford to cut it. And so I gave it a one. Uh, I, it sounds I, like you did too. I did too. The card in a, in a vacuum is not bad. Three mana, two, four rush stealth. Like, hey, that's that's not bad. Um, But I just don't see it seeing play. I gave it a one. Cool. All right. That brings us to our next SI7 card, which is SI7 informant. Um, we may end up running uh, SI7 Operative to pay off in cards like SI7 Informant, which is a 4-mana 3-3 with Battlecry, gain plus 1 plus 1 for each SI7 card you've played this game. So if we've only played 1, boom, all of a sudden it's a 4-mana 4-4. Four four. If we've played 5, it's a 4-mana 8-8. Eight eight. That's pretty sick. Um, there aren't kind of a critical mass of SI7 cards that actually make it worth probably running any of these. But this one, I think, is a little bit more roguelike <laughs> than than uh, the, the SI7 operative in, in that th this reminds me of Edwin, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the flavor, the... Uh, SI7 informant looking like uh, Aragorn in, in, in the tavern, like it's pretty sick. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, but there are way more impactful things to be doing in Wild. But it's a, it's a cool new archetype that if they continue printing SI7 cards, maybe eventually we'll have enough to do stuff within Wild. But I'm not holding my breath. I will say the one the one tricky thing for me is, okay, so they they say that SI7 is a new... It's almost like a new um, card type or like tribe, if you will, right? Yeah. Except they don't print a tribe at the bottom of the card. And so I get a little bit confused as, hey, what's an SI7 card? And where, like, okay, it's in the title, SI7 Informant, SI7 Operative. But, like, if we're looking at this thematically and we look at the quest and then all the quest rewards, and what if I complete the quest and I get these five cards? Like, are those SI7 cards? I don't know. Probably not because they don't say SI7 on them, but maybe like I don't 
I don't know. It's it's interesting to me that they made tribe synergy without a tribe. Yeah, they, I guess is what I'm trying to it, say. Like they've done that once before. Oh, what was with it? With treants. Oh yeah, but, but treants are a tribe. all called. No, they still don't have tribes. Oh, do they not? Oh, no, uh, but they're all called treant. They're mm. all absolutely called treant, even though they have different art, which is you know kind of cool. Um, these are all obviously differently titled cards so eh. yeah okay well uh let's talk about scores i want to give this a two because it has some sort of possibility potentially in the distant future but uh yeah no this is a one for me how about you Nick? yeah me too i mean it sees potential like it's good in this archetype for standard but like just not here so i gave it a one as well cool that brings us into the rares with SI7 Extortion. So SI7 Extortion is a one mana rogue spell. It's tradable. And it reads, deal three damage to an undamaged character. Um, so kind of like the uh, the Galakrond card, the three mana deal to three damage to an undamaged uh, character. This does the same thing for two less mana. Talk about power creep. And it's tradable. It doesn't invoke Galakrond, which is, you know, a bit of a, a, a detriment, but um, it seems like a really strong removal card, and it's versatile in being able to be traded, and it's only one mana, so you can weave it in with, you know, different things that require combos and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Uh, what do you think about SI7 Extortion? It, you know, I mean, it's really good in the SI7 archetype and probably really good in standard i love that it's tradable deal three damage is great uh i made a note here like it's sad that it can't go face and then i have in parentheses well once you know if they're at full health right (laughs) (laughs) um and so i don't see an issue with it but i guess the problem that i am having is like all right where do i where do i stick it in like i i prefer rogue spells that don't have the contingencies like i like we'll get to some in a in a moment but like a deal two damage to anything do four damage to anything or whatever and not just an undamaged character and so this is a little bit more limited i i i could see myself like sitting on this card and maybe i don't want to trade it because i want to be able to uh kill a minion when they play it i don't know like instantly drop this into the standard archetype though for sure so yeah absolutely so as for ratings i'm gonna give si7 extortion a straight up two because i think it's a little bit more versatile even though we're i mean we're not really gonna be playing them in si7 extortion in particular and pretty much anything it's super playable mm. um if if you know you need a budget version of something so uh, yeah it's there yeah i think uh two i i agree with the two score of a two i think is good i mean it's it's definitely a playable card i i typically will reserve one for like unplayable oh yeah you could throw this in something for sure that and the the tradable on there is kind of cool so say i'm run this thing whatever i love the idea i can throw it back and get something different that works particularly well, I think, even in Rogue, right? 
um, <laughs> where I want to be drawing cards all the time. So, yep, that's two for me. And now we get to the exciting ones. Hey, yeah, Here yeah. is Sketchy Informant. Sketchy Informant is a three mana rogue spell that reads, draw a death rattle card that costs four or less. Trigger its death rattle. Um, so tutor draw is good. It limits it to four or less. Um, so, uh, since Hydra was kind of, uh, initially behind the scenes, uh, going to be taking the, the lead on this, I hadn't done a whole lot of research as to the different things that we were looking I to tutor with this. Uh, I know, um, I know. But Nate did. So the, <laughs> the one that I thought of, of course, was, uh, Angry Bird, right? Um, definitely want to put that in there, um, to, to mess with our opponents, uh, Highlander mechanics, um. But I'm way more interested to hear where you would take Sketchy Informant. Bro, it's Cobalt Illusionist. It is a is the, ah. the four mana three three death rattle summon a one one copy of a minion from your hand. So this is when we get into those big rogue shenanigans, when like that deck that Dane popularized like many moons ago, and you know, you pull a giant death rattle thing from your hand, it works for the dragons, it works for the um shadow moon or the the colossus right mm -hmm. um and some is it the elemental colossus whatever it's called scrapyard colossus scrapyard yeah uh some stuff like that like we we could do some shenanigans with this or and so cobalt illusionist um and then or you think then the cobalt illusionist pulls maligos like there's some crazy stuff that you can do so I, i'm excited about this potentially reviving that archetype that archetype was never bad it just wasn't quite good enough like i could probably take it to d5 you know i don't could i hit legend with it maybe i kind of doubt it it <laughs> there's a lot of swing turns um because you could do some crazy things like you're playing giant death rattle stuff um you're playing some cubes you're playing some whatever um and we'll when we start talking about the weapon in a minute i'll compare it to another weapon in that old archetype so uh, I think there's some potential here. I don't know how good it's going to be, but I think it's viable even for ladder climbing. Um, I, th I think it might be actually pretty okay. So I'm not like any kind of rogue specialist, but uh, it's, I think it'll be fun and potentially not bad. So yeah, I, I like this quite a bit. I think it's going to be pretty strong and I think it revives that old archetype that we hasn't seen play in a long time. Absolutely. So as for scores, um, tutor draw, positive effect, something you obviously want to be doing, perhaps even enabling a combo. I think I'm going to go three. I don't think I can quite go four with it just because that's not particularly meta, but like if that becomes meta, I won't be too terribly surprised. So it's a really strong three for me. How about you, Nate? Yeah, I give it a four. I, I think that this is like the card that we needed to um, like reignite that old deck. And like the deck was so close to being playable that we have a couple of more tools now that I think makes it solid. I you know it's not solid like tier one, but solid like maybe low tier two or mid tier three, something like that. Like I think it might be legit. So you know, we'll see. We'll see. Nice. Well, that brings us to 
SI7 Assassin. SI7 Assassin is a seven mana four four. That sounds pretty bad. But it reads, cost one less for each SI7 card you've played this game. Okay, gets cheaper. But it has the combo, destroy an enemy minion. Okay, so we play two other SI7 minions, or cards, because it says cards. Mm -hmm. Two other SI7 cards, and it's just a strictly better Vile Spine Slayer. We play three or more and and it's cheaper and better vile spine slayer um si7 assassin is one of the biggest payoffs for the si7 archetype which is definitely a standard thing this is a really powerful card not in wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the if card is red yeah if we continue getting si7 cards printed then maybe eventually but uh, yeah it's not there yet yeah yeah i feel you there um i i basically think the same thing um it's it probably relatively easy to reduce the cost of and the combo is rad and the theme is great hey this is an assassin it kills an enemy minion and the whole si7 thing like it's so roguelike in in a class that has kind of struggled with identity issues like this is this is really cool um but and i think it will be quite strong in standard it's just not it's kind of like how demon hunter was you know early on because it's like well okay it's all standard why why would we play it in wild there's no wild cards and that's kind of how this is like okay the one wild card that i've got is uh it eats a secret okay um and then the other one i think is a uh, core card uh, so oh uh, the one that eats the secret is also now in core two. Oh, is it core two? Then see, okay, well then it's it, it's all standard then. So whatever, exactly. whatever. Awesome card, awesome card. I scored it really low because I just don't see it being viable <laughs> in wild. Frankly, like okay, yeah, please play this, and I will hit you in the face with the with the you know fifteen attack kingsbane, um, and. It's just we're too fast, so that's where I'm at. I, I mean, I love love it. It's great, but I uh, uh, <laughs> I gave it a one, and I feel bad for that because it's rad. It's it, like if we were scoring for standard, I would score it much higher. Yeah, I agree on both counts, um, both the one and standard. It's higher, but also if we continue seeing um, uh, SI seven cards printed. This could very well be playable later, just not really now. Yeah, agree, agree. All right, cool. Uh, let that, us move on. Yeah, that brings us to Garot. Garot? Garrosh. <laughs> uh, Garot is a two mana rogue spell that reads deal two damage to the enemy hero, shuffle three bleeds into your deck that deal two more when drawn. So bleeds are all cast when drawn, deal two damage to the enemy hero. So two plus two plus two plus two. That uh, sounds a lot like a two mana eight damage card. That's pretty solid. But you have to draw them and it doesn't do anything else. And even the... uh 
the the the, the one mana one at least deals three initially, and you can run it in odd. Um, I love the flavor of this one because you're you know get, getting them around the neck, and then they just bleed and bleed and bleed and ah, but. Yeah, that's the tricky part. Like, if this is such a rogue thing to do, right? Deal two damage, shuffle three in, deal two more when drawn. Like, it's awesome. It's very cool. Uh, I like the artwork. I have, here's the bleed one. It's it's very cool. I think the, the tricky thing is, like, where does it go? Um, like, I'm not taking stuff out of Kingsbane to, to stick this in. I mean, no. King, like, okay, what does Rogue do really well? Like, yes, I can shuffle stuff and I can, I can cycle through my deck. Like, Miracle Rogue is a thing, um, and Secret Passage is a great card. And I'm gonna probably find some bleeds when I Secret Passage, which is really cool. But like, Kingsbane, like that list is tight, and we got some new cards with Forge and the Barons and the, uh, and the mini set that you know we got these poisons and that changed up the deck a little bit um i could see it changing later down the line if we get unnerves but like um you know i i struggle to find where to stick this that's my problem like w cool let me let me throw it into um a standard deck with all the si7 stuff or <laughs> something where i'm shuffling like i remember you know, if I want to make a miracle rogue deck and I'm shuffling in, um, you know, that, uh, those dark moon fair cards that shuffle in like the teddy bears or the, mm -hmm. um, Nerubians or whatever, like, yeah, that's cute. But I just don't know where to put it. That's where I really struggle here. It's like, it's really great from a, from a miracle type aspect. Yeah. It, it's another tool towards that shuffle rogue archetype that never really quite took um so you know you do elec you do garot you do the ticket thing that gives you the the teddy bears um you know you do all sorts of things like that then you play stowaway mm -hmm. you draw either bleeds or the teddy bears you either deal damage to the hero or your your opponent or you get three threes and then you draw two additional cards that you actually did put into your deck. Yeah. Because all the ones that you didn't are cast when drawn. Cool. The question is what the shell around that looks like. And and that's the part that we don't really have a good answer to here either. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, so I really like the flavor. I really like possibilities of a, a future shuffle rogue but uh, it's not there yet and that's why i have to give garot a one yeah i give it a two it has potential i just don't know quite where it fits and the decks are too good right now i, I can't i can't figure out where to fit it in you know the, the theme and the style and the, the card itself is pretty cool but, oh yeah all right well alas well, that brings us to Counterfeit Blade. Counterfeit Blade is a 4-mana, 4-2, rogue weapon. It's Battle Cry. Gain a random friendly death rattle that triggered this game. So the death rattle itself has to trigger. Oh, hey, would you look at that? The um, 
uh, one that that we had earlier, the uh, draw dude. Um, where to go, sketchy informant is draw a death rattle card that costs four or less. Trigger its death rattle. So whether you played it or not, that death rattle does in fact trigger. Mm-hmm. Which then, you know, still gets this, and still, you know, with, without necessarily having to play a card. Um, with death rattle, we can still get that effect off. Yeah, and I, red. I like that it says card and not minion, so it can trigger for the weapons as well. Mm, very good point. So it's not or like you know, Necrium Blade or <laughs> yeah. Well, and so this this one reminds me a lot of Necrium Blade. Um, so Necrium Blade is is a three two death rattle trigger a friendly minions death rattle. I think is friendly minions death rattle. And so there's shenanigans mm-hmm. and that's what we used to do with like cobalt illusionist and some of these other things. And so if we jam the old cards with these new cards, it's like, Ooh, the, you know, the shenanigans just got that much crazier. Granted the deck was like, it was pretty swingy. You know, you got some crazy swing turns and you can also lose pretty hard, but I, I, I mean, it was just so fun. Like we were running Kel'Thuzad in the deck. Like who does that? Um, <laughs> and, but you know, all right, you, you know, you kill off your little minions and come back huge minions. And uh, there's all kinds of shenanigans you can do. Like how viable is it? I don't know, but it's probably you're like, it'll make a tier list. It's going to be like tier four, maybe tier, th- <laughs> maybe, maybe tier three, but like it, it, it I don't think it's, straight up bad so i kind of like it kind of like it it's it's a maybe for me but i think there's some potential there yeah it's it's a maybe for me in my notes i I was very much either a high two or a low three yeah and in my notes i settled on the two but i think that the possibilities are enough that i can pretty comfortably bump it up from a two to a three in my official rating um so three officially for me how about you nate yeah three i like it i think that it revives this archetype you know how good it is is yet to be determined but i'm gonna give it a the the good old college try so (laughs) there you go that brings us to the rogue quest line which is find the imposter of course one mana as all quest lines are the quest line play two SI7 cards. There's that SI7 uh, theme again. With the reward, add a spy gizmo to your hand. Um, so we have five different spy gizmos. I will get to all of them whenever we go with scabs. Yeah, uh, I've got them. Scabs. I've got them all, but we you get them all from the end ones, so we can look at it then, I guess. Yeah, so we'll look at them then. So uh, then we have learn the truth. Learn the truth is another, you know, the, the next quest line step of play two more SI7 cards with the reward of add a spy gizmo to your hand. So get another gizmo. And the final step in the quest line is to play two more SI7 cards. And this one, the reward is Spy Master Scabs. So Spymaster Scabs is a 5-mana 7-7 minion. The battle cry, add one of each Spy Gizmo to your hand. So all of those Spy Gizmos, we've got a a whole Rolodex of them. 
so the first one is Fizz Flash Detector, which uh, is one mana. They all are. Uh, return an enemy minion to its owner's hand. They can't play it next turn. It's kind of cool. So, zap. And even if you have the mana, <laughs> too bad. You got to wait. Can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> Just kicking rad. The next one is Hidden Gyroblade, which is a one mana 3-2 weapon with death rattle. Throw this at a random enemy minion. Um, so I imagine it just deals three more damage to it, which is cool. <laughs> I love it. Like you finish using the weapon and you throw it at somebody. That's great. That's great. Chuck it at them. <laughs> I can't wait to see the animation for that. Right? Yeah. So the next one is a Noggin Fog Generator, which is still one mana. And it's give a minion plus two attack and stealth. <laughs> these are pretty fun and like thematically they're great thematically great wonderful uh names like noggin fog generator and <laughs> oh, just the flavor is on point yeah yeah the next one is a spiomatic one mana three two mech minion with battle cry look at three cards in your opponent's deck pick one to put on top so you basically Cry for your opponent and put the thing that you want them to have the most that they would want the least on top of their deck. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, and finally is Undercover Mole, which is a one mana two three beast minion with stealth. After this attacks, add a random card to your hand from your opponent's class. Um, so they've largely gotten away from from your opponents and switched it to from a different class. Uh, they went back on that one for for undercover mole, hmm. um, which is awesome. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. I, I the quest in general feels kind of slow to me because the um, all of these SI seven cards. I mean, they're just like normally statted minions. So you're playing tempo. It's two, three, four, five cost cards. And so, I mean, I think the point of these quest lines is they take a while to complete. And once you complete them, the game's over relatively quickly. Like these, the spy gizmos or whatever, like they're pretty good, actually. They're super fun thematically. They're cool. The cards aren't bad. Like when I compare them to like the Ysera cards, like these are good. Uh, but it feels so standard to me. Like if I, if I'm going to play this whole quest line, I'm just going to jam it in this SI seven standard build and try it out. And I don't really see it in wild. I mean it, because it requires SI seven cards, which I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like why bother? Why bother to do it in, in wild? Like you, you could, but the card, the, all the, all the SI seven cards are standard anyways. Like the two, yeah. the two that we have are core cards that are like standard, anyways. So, I guess if you just want to play the new things, this is one of the new things. It won't be particularly competitive, but it's kind of cool. The gizmos um, are rad. I mean, they're they're pretty cool. Yeah, I I will probably play this one in standard, but um, whereas there are some like the hunter uh, quest line that I'm really excited to play in wild. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. This one, not so much. Um, it's cool, but yeah, it's, it's a standard card. 
So for the rating for Wild, I gave Blind the Imposter a one, which is more a symptom of the SI7 cards than the um, requirement, because it's pretty easy to play two of them, or the rewards of the Spy Gizmos, which I think if the SI7 cards were, you know, decent for Wild, that yeah. we would run this anyway. But it's a one because of the SI7 support, unfortunately. What do you I think, agree. Nate? Yeah, yeah, I scored it a one too. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just because this whole thing is just straight up um, every single card is in standard. Like if we had some cool Wild exclusive SI7 cards, I'd consider a build around. But like we don't. So that's cool. Like SI I'll play it. Ragnaros. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Shadow Rose, or I don't know. Like, yeah. Can you imagine a, an eight-eight stealth can't attack, deal eight damage at the end of the turn? Like, that'd be rad. That'd be so hard to kill. <clears throat> that'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still upset that they never made like the Fell Fellfire Ragnaros because they did. They had the art for it. Oh, uh, I didn't know that they had the art for it. Now I'm bummed too. Oh, dude. All yes. It, it looked so, it looked so rad. Oh, it was during the, uh, it was during the ashes of outland, um, campaign and, uh, yeah, they did Fellfire Ragnaros. It was so cool. And then they never, then they never used it. Like they made it for the, for the poster and that was it. Um, Oh, come on. Like, Oh, it was in the trailer, but it wasn't in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Rip. Uh, okay, uh, we've got one last card here. Yeah, the final rogue card is Maestra of the Masquerade, which is a two-mana, three-two rogue minion that reads, at the start of the game, or you start the game as a different class until you play a rogue card. Like, what? This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the different hero power. As long as I'm playing like neutral things, my opponent won't know that I'm doing something different. And if I'm immediately playing rogue, then, oh, hey, I got them to mulligan incorrectly, which is, you know, could be valuable if it's like, oh, hey, I'm running Kingsbane rogue and it looks like I'm a priest. Uh, <laughs> the downside, of course is that you don't get to choose or even discover the um, alternate class that you would be presented as. Right, um, yeah. For obvious reasons, if it takes longer for your opponent to see your class, that would kind of be a dead giveaway. <laughs> and the whole point of this is that you're masquerading as something else. Um, the flavor is on point because it's a rogue going undercover, pretending to be a different class. This just takes it to a whole nother level by making your own class look like that as well. Um, so I kind of wonder how some of the things like uh, academic espionage and stuff like that interact with Maestra. Um, so it says, until you play a rogue card. So whenever I play a rogue card, do I then turn into a rogue? And so I... I I can't get rogue things from discover something from a, another class. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. I don't know. We'll have to try uh, it out, but it's a, uh, it's certainly fun. Like it fits the theme of the SI seven stuff. Like it, it almost made me wonder. Like this, this should be an SI seven card. Uh, yeah. 
thematically. So, yeah, I don't know. Maestro the Meme Lord. Uh, this is rad. I mean, it's super cool. One one interesting side note, this is on the band list for competitive Hearthstone. Uh, and, I, and then I looked up what, you know, what is the band list? Um, there's only, it's just Whizbang and Zale. Like, those are the only other two cards. Uh, because it, it, you know, creates you like full, uh, random stuff. And so that's what this does potentially as well. And I love the, the side effect, like, Hey, your opponent has no clue, but is it worth doing? Like, I don't know. It, just for funsies, like, Hey, I might throw this in uh SI seven standard rogue just like yeah. for fun, but eh, you know, and at two mana, like why not? But one thing that I also want to try with this is with Gen, because Gen makes your starting hero power cost one. So does that make your dagger cost one? Does that make your hero power as the class that you're masquerading as cost one or both? <laughs> um, because typically whenever your hero power changes, it reverts back to its normal, you know, two cost. Um, so I want to try that out a little bit just to see how that interaction works. Yeah, I assume that it would revert back to the normal rogue one, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I, I was going to say, yeah, I doubt they tested it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> yeah. So what did you, what did you score it? I scored Maestra a two. I, the flavor is all there. It's going to be really fun to play around with, but it's not going to be particularly competitive, um, especially since it's banned in competitive play. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Nick? Yeah, I gave it a one. I love it thematically. I just don't know that it like actually is good. I It's super fun, though. It's like probably one of the most fun cards in the set. Uh, I just don't know that i it's really doing anything proactive aside from like confusing the heck out of my opponent <laughs> and so that's that's a thing but yeah yeah we'll see we'll see i like it though and it'll be fun to play with that and that's kind of the fun part of all of this hey we got new toys let's play with them let's see what they do i wonder if they'll do what i think it's going to do or if it's going to do something different i guess we'll find out so yeah we'll see we'll see i'm excited i i'm I, I don't have a lot of high hopes for Rogue in Wild, aside from the Death Rattle archetype, which I hope will revive somewhat. And then we'll play some SI7 in Standard and see how that goes, and that's probably fun too. And yeah, so I, I'm we'll see. Gonna be a blast. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that is it for Rogue for us. Uh, we will wrap up this this portion, and uh, next up we've got Shaman. 